Today, we celebrate the most glorious gift given to humanity. It is the gift of Jesus that brings us joy. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world would be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, every one to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and of the lineage of David. He went there to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and she laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Now there were in that same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be for all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign unto you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. The first Christmas unveils the glory of God in the face of the Christ child. Everything changes in this moment. The whole landscape of the universe is altered because God becomes flesh and dwells among us. Joy becomes the new theme of humanity's song. Not because we won the lottery, not because we got a new home, not because our circumstances are moving along well, not because we got a bonus at Christmas, joy becomes the new theme of humanity's song because God has invaded the scene of human history in the person of Jesus Christ, and God has sent Jesus as his gift of joy to you and to me. Christmas means that God sends Jesus to transform our lives with joy. Joy is something that we need in 2020. We need it every day, but 
Certainly in 2020, we know that some have even called 2020 the year of fear. It is a strange phenomenon that has hit us over these last 10 to 12 months. Uh, Statistics have shown that uh, in 2020, anxiety has ramped up. Nervousness has increased. And the root of the anxiety and the nervousness is fear. Fear grips the hearts of your neighbors and your friends and even you at different times. I've, I've read some of the things that you've written. I've heard many of the things that you've said. And many of those things that you've written and said come from a place of fear. You're scared. I get it. I understand it. But did you hear what the angels what the angel said to the shepherds keeping watch over their flock by night. In the deep darkness, pitch black Judean wilderness on a hillside where only lions, tigers, and bears, and robbers are what you expect. A big, bright, shining man shows up. And then he says, don't be afraid. Come on. Don't be afraid. That's what the angel told Mary. Here is a a teenage girl, and and, uh, all of a sudden, an angel appears. Now, angels don't look like Clarence on It's a Wonderful Life. Angels are significantly different than. This angel shows up to Mary, a teenage girl, and he says, you're going to have a baby. Joseph's not going to be the daddy, but don't be afraid. Yeah, right. He said the angel showed up to Joseph, said the same thing. Joseph hears that Mary, who's going to have a baby, and he's not the daddy, and, 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 and he's wondering what he's going to do, and and an angel shows up to Joseph and says, don't be afraid to take Mary to be your wife. Now, what? Don't be afraid? Maybe, maybe you feel today like the most rational thing I can do is to be afraid. The most, the most sensible thing for me in 2020 is to be filled with fear. That makes sense. What doesn't make sense is to put brakes on our fears. But that's exactly what Christmas delivers. That's exactly what the angel tells the shepherd and and what, what the angel told Mary and what the angel told Joseph and what God's Word tells us today. He says, let go your fear and take hold of this joy. Don't be afraid, the angel said. I bring you good tidings of great joy. Let go your fear. Put a break on the fears that you're facing and the fears that you're feeling It may seem sensible to be trembling in fear, but hold up. 
Let go the fear. Take hold the joy. It's good news that God brings and delivers to you and to me today. Just as he delivered it to the shepherds out in their field, he's delivering it to us. In in this season, at this time, what a message we need. Good news. There's great joy for us. Not fear, but joy. Our circumstances may stink and everything may be coming apart at the seams. The fabric of our life has been turned topsy-turvy. But we don't need to be afraid. Why? Because we have good news that brings us great joy. For unto you is born this day in the city of David the Savior, the Rescuer. And it's Jesus Christ and he is our Lord Let go the fear, take hold the joy. We've got good news, it delivers great joy. And that's the message today. It's the message of Christmas. It's not just some sentimental thing that we take hold of once a year. It is the lifeblood of our everyday existence. That God has given us good news that shapes our lives every day, even in the face of sensible fears. He's got good news that delivers great joy, and it's bound up in the person of Jesus. See, the coming of Jesus at Christmas means that we have great joy because God sets us free. Oh, I I don't know if you all have been watching any Christmas movies. I have since September. Uh, If you've been watching Christmas movies, maybe you have come across that 1983, a little boring to me, but it's a lot of people like it. It's called The Christmas Story. The only thing about The Christmas Story that I really, really thought was funny was the the leg lamp. Um, You can Google it. But uh, The the Christmas Story is a a narration of a little boy named Ralphie. He's a nine-year-old. All he wants for Christmas is a... What kind of BB gun? Red Rider BB gun, baby. He wants a Red Rider BB gun. And so the whole, the whole movie really uh, plots the course of Ralphie trying to navigate, maneuver, and be better and not be bad so that he could get uh, a Red Rider BB gun. Uh, I'm not going to spoil the plot for you. But you know, there's one scene in this movie where there's a bad guy, a villain, a villain of all villains in this movie. It's a bully, and I've got to read his name because if I don't, I'll get it wrong. And this is one of those names that you can't get wrong and do good. The bully's name was Scut Farkas. (laughs) And his henchman was Grover Dill. And these two boys, especially Scut, they were the school bullies. Now, uh, I know that maybe you haven't dealt with bullies in school. I have. I've, I've encountered different bullies. I remember there's a boy named Danny uh, in the eighth grade who used to make fun of a boy, uh, another boy who had Down syndrome. And at lunch, uh, he would bully this young man with Down syndrome. And um, I risked my National Honor Society 
uh, membership uh, to uh, confront Danny the bully. I knew Danny. I had known Danny since fourth grade. I could take him. But I did. I told him, I said, you will not, and, and the, uh, boy, the boy that he was bullying is named Scott. I said, you will not bother Scott again. And one of the only heroic moments of my life. That was, that was it. But I, it, was, it was, you know, don't you feel that way when, when you see a bully in action? That's what uh, Scott Farkas and Grover Deal uh, were all about. They would, they would uh, uh, terrorize these young boys, especially Ralphie and his uh, and his brother Randy and um, Fink or Fickle or some uh, a friend. I, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, you remember the scene where uh, Scut was was uh, threatening the boys as they tried to make their way home. And and you remember how they would do it? They would take the boys and they would throw them in the snow and then they would get on top of them and pin their arms down. And if you've ever wrestled with somebody, if you've ever wrestled, you know how absolutely just crazy it makes you when you are pinned down, how miserable it can be when you are immobilized and somebody's weight is on top of you and they're pummeling you and you just want some rescue. You want some freedom. Now, you and I may feel like we are facing a lot of bullies in 2020. And we, we, we may feel like we're being pinned down and bullied by different things and different circumstances. And, and, and certainly I understand that, but, but guys, Jesus came to give us joy by destroying the biggest bully that we will ever face, the biggest bully that you will ever know, and that bully is sin, because sin is that big bad bully that pins you down where you can't get up. It immobilizes your soul. It destroys your life. Sin kills us. It's not just uh, giving us a bloody nose. It is destroying us. That's what sin does. The reason people in our world today lack joy is because sin has destroyed their soul and they have no way to experience life. Don't be afraid. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, the Savior. The Savior. The one who has come to our rescue. The one who has come to defeat the bully called sin. He does more than that. He destroys sin through his own death on the cross. And then he destroys death through his resurrection from the dead. Jesus is our rescuer, and there is nothing that we face that he cannot conquer and that he has not already conquered. Today, we live in the throes of a pandemic. We live in fractured friendships and, uh, and, 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 and fragile relationships, but we live in joy because Jesus has given us victory over sin. We live in intimacy with God. Listen, here's what Jesus did. Jesus built a bridge between us and a holy God that we couldn't build on our own. No matter how many religious things we do or say, we can't get to God. Why? Because our sin has blocked that relationship. So Jesus, where we couldn't reach God, God came to us. And, 
And Jesus, who is God, become flesh and bone. He lived among us and he lived perfectly and he fulfilled God's standard of righteousness without fault. And then he took our sin upon himself as he was killed on a cross in our place. So that when we take hold of Jesus by faith, the bully of sin is destroyed. And we now live in intimacy with God. No longer strangers. No longer outsiders. We now are brought into God's family. We're sons and daughters of God. Jesus has set us free. There is joy. Nothing can take away. There is joy that we have each day. It is the joy of living in the presence of God at his right hand. There are pleasures forevermore. In his presence, there is the fullness of joy. That's who you are if you're a follower of Jesus. Why should we go around moping and groping for some sentiment of happiness when we have the full measure of joy in God's family? That's who we are. Good news. Great joy. God sets us free through Jesus. Good news. Great joy. God is for us. The shepherds were standing there, probably stunned. They heard that there's good news for everyone that will bring great joy even to them. And then all of a sudden, the sky lit up with a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God. And what did they say? Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That term goodwill is a term from which we get the term favorite. Uh, when I was growing up, by the way, uh, if, uh, my dad preached this same message, I mean this exact same message last week at a church in Texas. And my mom called me and she said, Eric, you really need to preach this message. And so I said, okay, I'll be an obedient son, and I'll preach Dad's message. So I listened to it, and, and this is his message. He texted me after the 9 o'clock worship gathering. He said, you did a pretty good job. I said, thanks, Dad. That's great. That's great. And he told this one story a little bit differently. Um, you know, I grew up with three brothers, no sisters. So in my house, I grew up with, there were four boys. And that explains some things about me. Um, and it definitely explains why God in his humor gives me four daughters, right? And a granddaughter named Nora. That, that is God laughing. It's great. But anyway, I, I grew up with uh, three brothers, and my older brother, Brett, uh, he and I are 16 months apart. We're the closest in age. Uh, and then I have a younger brother, Brandon, uh, who's pastoring a church in Texas, and, and uh, uh, he's about five years younger than I am. And that's where Dad preached this message last week. And then my youngest brother, Heath, uh, he's about seven years younger than I am, and he is president of Oklahoma Baptist University. He is the president. That's how smart he is. And he, had, he, he has hair. Um, so th 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 those are the four boys. Now, when we were growing up, and even still today when we get together, whether it's FaceTime, texting, or fishing, um, we'll be on the phone with mom and dad or, or whatever, and and one of the boys, I'm not going to give away which one, but one of the boys will say, you know, I'm your favorite. 
We'll even say, hey, mom, go ahead and admit it. I'm your favorite. And, of course, they laugh and they giggle. And, but I really am their favorite. I, I am. I, when the angel said, glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, goodwill toward men, it's God saying to us through Jesus, looking at you, looking at me, you're my favorite. No, you you are my favorite. Yeah, you. And you. And you. And you. And you. You're my favorite. It is a picture of God saying, I'm for you. I'm with you. And I'm for you. We're not walking this life alone. We're not navigating the pandemic in our own intellect alone. We're not navigating the foggy uncertainty of tomorrow alone. God is with us and he is for us. He is for us. He's for you. He's for you so much that he sent Jesus to die on a cross and pay the penalty of your sin for you. He's for you so much that he has poured his Holy Spirit within you so that each day you and I can walk in immediate intimacy with him. He is for you. So friends, if God is for us, who can stand against us? I'm convinced that neither death nor life nor principalities nor powers uh, nor things present nor things to come nor any other created thing shall ever, ever, ever be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. He is for you. And there is the joy that God, the universe maker, God, the salvation creator, is God who is the lover of our soul. Today, you may be filled with fear. It's the most sensible thing in the world. But don't be afraid. I bring you good news. Great joy. Unto you is born this day in the city of David, the Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly the sky was filled with a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. You can have joy every single day. Regardless the circumstance, regardless the downturn, regardless um, even what is sensible. You can have joy when you let go the fear and take hold of Jesus. See, He is our joy. I mean, I don't mean just some religious pursuit. I don't mean just some sitting in a room and saying, Jesus, He's my King. I'm talking about every single day as you walk through every day, as you encounter obstacles and difficulties and ferocious lions and tigers and bears yourself, as you encounter life, 
Lift up your hand, lift up your heart, lift up your soul, and take hold of Jesus. Yesterday, Nora, my grandbaby, she was born in April. She was at our house. And Edie and the girls wanted to go uh, somewhere. And Elizabeth, Nora's mama, my daughter, said, Daddy, is it okay if we leave Nora with you? And I said, it's okay by me. And they trusted me to take care of my grandbaby. And honestly, I'm a little rusty. I'm just figuring it out again. And, and I, Edie said, yeah, when was the last time you uh, were left alone with a, a baby? Um, and, and it was probably Mallory, my youngest daughter. That, that's, I, you know, I don't make a habit of going and babysitting other people's babies. Um, so Mallory, and Mallory's 21. So uh, it's been a long time, 20 years. But I kicked in real easy. I remembered, you know, things. And uh, I fed Nora a bottle and put her down, and she went to sleep. And then she wasn't. She went to sleep until she woke up. And when she woke up, she was crying. Now, I'm not a rookie at this. Crying babies don't make me nervous. Don't fill me with fear. That crying baby just wanted to be out of that baby bed. But I'm a man, and Tennessee was playing on the football. And <laughs> just kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Nora was crying, and so I knew it was time for her to have another, another bottle. So while she's crying, I'm fixing the bottle so it would be ready when I picked her up out of that bed. So she'd been crying for a few minutes, however, it took, however long it took to fix the bottle, and go upstairs to what used to be a daughter's room. Now it's Nora's room. I opened the door, and as soon as I opened the door, Nora turned and looked. And a smile went across her face. And she knew I was there to help. I picked her up, and she stopped crying immediately. I, they've got these little cocoons that you put them in, zip-up cocoons. And I took the cocoon off and tried to hide it so it would never wrap her up again. But I took that cocoon off, and I picked her up, and I held her to my, to my, to my chest, and and she was fine. We walked downstairs and I went and got that bottle. And as soon as I got that bottle, she was giggly happy. And I fed her and we had a great time. Nora's joy came from her poppy because I was there to help. No matter what you're facing, no matter what's tying you up in knots, no matter what you've encountered, God has sent Jesus to pick you up and to hold you close and to nourish your soul and to give you joy. My prayer for us today is that we would stretch out our arms to Jesus.
and live in the daily joy he provides. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Perhaps today you have not yet taken hold of the joy that is found through faith in Jesus Christ. The gift of Christmas is not merely that there was a baby born in Bethlehem. The gift of Christmas is that God became flesh and bone. And he lived his life perfectly without sin. And Jesus was fully God, yet he was fully man. And he went from the cradle to the cross. And upon the cross, he died to bring forgiveness to sinners like you and me. To destroy the power of sin. He was buried in a tomb. And three days after his death, he was raised from the dead to conquer death forever. This is who we worship at Christmas. And if you're here today and you are separated from God by your sin, and you've been trying to find morsels of joy in your everyday living, but you've come up short, and today you recognize that the one thing you need is to take hold of Jesus, to come to Him declaring, I believe that Jesus is my only hope. I believe that Jesus died on a cross to forgive my sin. I believe that Jesus was raised from the dead to give me a new life. If today you're ready to come to Christ and find joy, I want to help you do that. You come to Christ, the Bible says, when you believe on Jesus. That that means that you believe that Jesus is God's Son, that He died for your sin, your sin, upon a cross to bring you forgiveness, that He was raised from the dead to give you a new life. If that is your declaration today, and the Bible tells us that what we need to do is we need to call upon the name of the Lord with a heart that is filled with faith and repentance. And we need to admit that we've sinned against God. We confess that we believe that Jesus is God's Son and He died for us on a cross and He was raised from the dead. And then we commit to Him our entire life. If that's your heart's desire, then I invite you to pray this prayer with me even now. Pray, oh God, I admit that I've sinned and my sin has separated me from you. God, I, I believe that Jesus is your son, that he became a baby in Bethlehem so that he might die for my sin upon a cross. And I believe that you raised him from the dead so that I could be forgiven of my sin and have a new life in your family. So I ask you, God, to forgive my sin right now through Jesus and to bring me into your family. And I give you my life. I commit my all to you. 
if you prayed that prayer or if you have questions about that prayer, I want to invite you to uh, email me at pastor at firstnorfolk.org. And let me know that you have prayed that prayer or you would like to pray that prayer and you email me or you can text Jesus to the number on the screen and we will be in touch with you this week to help you on that journey being a follower of Jesus and walking in the joy that Jesus alone can provide. If you're a follower of Jesus today, I want to invite you to stop focusing on your fears Let them go and take hold of Jesus today. He is your joy. Cling to Him. Be nourished by Him. He offers you a joy that will transform your daily life. Don't be afraid. God brings you good news of great joy. Jesus has come. And He's come to change your life. Now, Father, in these moments as we worship you, as we set our heart's affection and our mind's attention upon you, I pray that you would, again, nourish our hearts with your presence. That you would show us how that you have set us free through Christ and how that you are for us in daily life and how that gives us joy no matter what we face. Be glorified as we worship you. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.